you're going to get angry. You're going to feel lonely. You're going to feel like nobody else in the world cares. But you, what you have to do, cry it out. Let it out. My doctor told me at the very beginning. He said, if you don't let it out, I will know. Because the thing that most people want to do is they want to bottle it up. They want to say, it's it's not it's not there. You well, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it is there. And what I have to do is, there's a certain feeling that I get, a certain nervousness, and, and now I know what it is. I, I have to grieve. Cerebral palsy, quirky banter, and horror conventions. We talk with voiceover actor and official intro frontman for our podcast, Kevin Horton, about embracing your gifts despite life's uncertainties and the self-obstacles we create, and then jumping headfirst into the deep end of life to flourish in a great way. It's witty, it's deep, it's encouraging. We have a fascinating show for you today. Let's get at it. Welcome to the Breathe Podcast, where we explore the intersection of faith and creativity. We interview artists from all walks of life to discover how faith plays a role in their art and expression, hoping to encourage you to live a life of creativity and faith. And now, your host, poet, writer, and pastor, Derek Envoy. Yep, yep. Welcome back to the Breathe Faith and Creativity podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. As our usual reminder, don't forget to head over to the Patreon page uh, to support this show. It's patreon.com forward slash Derek Engoy. And on the site, you'll see four different tiers of giving from $1 to $3, 10 and 20 and 100% of the proceeds go toward making this podcast uh uh, a flourish. It also goes towards some of the future poetry ventures that I have planned. And each level, of course, has a different benefit from 50% off future books, um, naming rights in future books, as well as access to outtakes and audio downloads straight from our podcast. So head on over to support the show. Greatly appreciate that. Uh, all right. We have an amazing guest on the show today. I'm really excited to chat with him. And when you hear his voice, I'm sure you will too. He's actually the voice that you hear on the intro of our podcast. And he's also the official voice for the main stage at Long Beach's annual Midsummer Scream, which is a huge Halloween festival that hits our city this August. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Mr. Kevin Horton. Kevin, thanks for being on the show with us today. What's going on? Thank you very much. It's a great day to be here. And as I always say, welcome to the Breed Podcast. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, so let's get at it. Um, first question that I have, and, and, and we do this every single show. Uh, we're going to start off real simple, real basic. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, anything that you want to share? This is your bio moment where you can talk yourself up. Uh, pretty much who is Kevin Horton and what makes you, you? Well, I would say to a lot of people that I was born like 5,000 years ago, but if you do the math, that <laughs> is not really possible. <laughs> However, I was born in the late 60s, born to loving parents, born with cerebral palsy. Okay. And to a lot of people that would, they have asked me several times, was I mad at God that I was born with cerebral palsy? Mm. And my answer is no. 
to this point, I could remember back when I was four years old, I had to have several surgeries because I had lazy eye and I also had several palsy. So the doctor, almost every summer, I would be going in for a surgery because the doctor drilled it into my parents that he could fix me only so much, but I had to be fixed within the first 13 years or so because once you're bone set, then they can't really do anything for you. And I remember one funny thing the doctor would always tell me was that I can't give you Atlas legs, but I'll give you functional legs and Mm. you'll be mad at me for the first 13 years. But after that, hopefully you'll love me. Yeah. And I can remember being four years old, going into surgery, vividly praying to God that I would be healed. And I remember waking up and I had been, since I, a little kid, I can remember three years old, I gave my life to Christ. I wow. can remember that point. Wow. I can't even remember yesterday, let alone. <laughs> Actually, I can't remember even my name. That's why I've been wearing a name badge all the time. <laughs> but I I think about that, and I think about all the surgeries I had to go through where almost every summer was stuck being in a cast or some other contraption. It was kind of interesting because everybody had to wait upon me. Mm-hmm. And I got used to that until one summer where I didn't have to have surgery. And my mom said, do your own stuff. Do your own stuff. Now, everybody can't wait upon you. But having those experiences, I grew up knowing who God was. Hmm. Because I, people ask me how I got into voiceover. I was that nerdy kid that was didn't have a lot of friends when he was little. He would spend all of his time inside with a tape recorder doing voices. Wow. So it was early on for you. Yes, it was. Yeah. About what age was that again? Five, six. Mm-hmm. I, that's it. Just became a a, some, a a passion of mine. I end up. I would end up going to theme parks, and all my friends would go on the roller coasters, and I would go to listen to the voices. Oh wow! That were going on in the parks. Yeah. And fast forward to a couple of years ago, I actually got to meet the son of one of the. Voices of the Disneyland parks. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so you mentioned voiceover acting. You you started at an early age. How did you get into it uh, as you grew older, as you got into an adult, as you started doing it professionally? I had a friend of mine who I worked with came into my office one day, and she said, I don't want either of us to get old and be on our deathbed and look at each other and go, I wish I tried that. <laughs> yeah. And... Lisa Cisneros, you know who you are. I mentioned you now on the podcast. I cannot say that I don't know who you are, but you're the one that did it. She came in and she gave me this pamphlet. She says, we are going to this seminar. And it was a seminar for a school in Irvine. Mm -hmm. I did it. A week later, the guy said, where have those pipes been? Wow. And so I started doing the classes. And then that was about 10 years ago. Okay. So late bloomers, there's hope for you. Yeah. I'm not really that old. <laughs> so so where has your journey taken you? I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, you're the official voice for Midsummer Screen. We can talk about that later. But uh, where has this journey in voice acting taken you? It's taken my creativity to a point where I I realize now that there's a market for what I did as a hobby. Mm-hmm. You could spend all day in your room, whatever you do podcasting, pastoring, mentoring people. And then there's just one day where you're praying and God tells you in no uncertain terms, I've given you a gift. I want you to use it. Mm. And 
I can remember this when I was in church one day. He said, go up to whoever's praying and give your career to me. Wow. How scary is that? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, you're just, I'm supposed to go this direction and God go, mm-mm. I want you to follow me. I want you to put your hand in my hand and, and I'll give you what I want you to have. Yeah. That's a scary process. Yeah. But it's one of those where I took a class once in a class that I, I didn't even think I was interested in, which was sports broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Do you realize how hard it is to do sports broadcasting when a you don't know one thing about football or <laughs> I'm really I'm really pigeonholing myself here, aren't I? <laughs> but I went through that class and at the very end of the class he had mentioned this was 10 12 years ago. And he was looking right at me and he says, "Get your voice on YouTube." To say that was 2008 2009 YouTube wasn't even maybe it was popular but as nothing it was nothing like it is now. Yeah. So I started doing that. I started getting on YouTube, finding people people crossing paths with me, doing cartoon voices, things like that, where I would just get my voice out there. And so slowly it was building. Mm-hmm. Maybe not paid projects, but it was getting your, your voice out there. Yeah. So that's how it, it, it grew. It kind of grew organically. Okay. But I love public speaking. I I spoke at my Vespers commencement when i was in high school scared as all get out it's a weird feeling when you're in front of the audience and we can talk about that later because doing live announcing um, you it's like a diving board once you jump off either you're going to hit the pool or you're going to hit the side and, you, and you, there's nothing you can do about it yeah cannonball <laughs> well so you know speaking of you know live broadcasting if you will and, and again going back to midsummer scream with that coming just around the corner. It's in August. And for those listening who may not know what that is, can you unpack what Midsummer Scream is and then how you landed the, you know, the role of being the official voice for it? thing is when you find a project or something going on that you are passionate about and if you were to ask me what I was passionate about first thing is voiceover second thing is all things horror related mm-hmm. now that's funny because you you I mean I look normal <laughs> mostly <laughs> but ever since I was little I was fascinated with Universal Monsters mm-hmm. and Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff, yeah. and because being kind of a loner when I was little, you you I would I would envelop myself in movies and fantasy yeah. things. Like one of my favorite movies back when I was little, and this will really date me, is David Bowie's Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. My wife loves that movie, by the way. I mean, I wore out the videotape. Oh my gosh, this even dates me even more. <laughs> when you actually had to go to a video, I mean. 
Oh, okay. I used to use a phone booth yeah. where you have to go to the well, phone well, and put coins what, in. <laughs> I'm old enough okay. to know what Betamax is, so. <laughs> I feel better now. <laughs> There's two old people in the in this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna go to Sizzler after that because isn't that where the old, where all the old people go? <laughs> well, we gotta go before five though. How's that? <laughs> you, you bet, because you gotta use that Groupon coupon <laughs> and get my Walker, and we're gonna go do that. So back to the podcast at hand. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed horror, and then I work with an event called Not Scary Farm. So I've always been enveloped in all of that for several years. Works several years with Not Scary Farm. So loved that, and. When I did voiceover, the, the my favorite voiceover artist that does the haunted mansion was the legendary Paul Freese. Mm-hmm. So it's it's coming together, and I, I worked with a with with a website called Theme Park Adventure. Okay, and Theme Park Adventure was a major contributor to Midsummer Scream, and they started. And I better not, I better say the date right. <laughs> Two thousand sixteen, I think it was. Okay, they were just having a meeting about it, and I literally walked up to the event producers and I said, do you need a volunteer announcer? Hmm. And their response was, well, you know, it's volunteer. I said, yes. Do you need a volunteer announcer? Well, we'll think about it. And it just morphed into, can you do funny announcements that are horror related, but we can play them during the convention. Then all of a sudden I would, I got a call saying, we'd like to have you announce the main stage. Mm. And I was honored to do that because I told them when I go to the convention anyway, that's where I would plant myself anyway. I'm the type of person I want to see all the panels. Yeah. So what a great position this is because I get to see all the panels. Yeah. Of course. And I get to make mistakes on live announcing that go on youtube for two years afterward that people always remind me every year please don't say that word twice (laughs) and so that's how it happened okay can you explain midsummer scream for those who are not familiar with what that is midsummer scream is all things halloween okay and it's situated midsummer because it's a vehicle for all of the southern california haunted attractions okay to come together and celebrate all things about that particular season. You have all the major theme parks. You mm-hmm. have all them. There's thousands of vendors that get together, and it's. A, I had heard that it was the Comic Con of Halloween. Okay, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna refer to that. Okay, and so in a sense, it's a celebration, or maybe like a precursor to all things Halloween coming, you know, at the later part of the year. So if someone wanted to preview in all those things and and get a little taste, like they do those taste of whatever Newport this uh-huh. is like for Halloween you can go they have a whole section called the Hall of Shadows which is about four, 13 14 or I don't know several hundred attractions that build small little versions of what they do okay and you can go through those so there's a whole section they call it dark section which is all like haunted houses okay then two or three convention halls filled with vendors and shows and then the main stage which is what i help with and my good friend justin castillo also helps with the second stage Mm -hmm. so you could have directors last year i think it was last year they had tom holland the director of child's play there doing a live commentary while the movie was playing oh wow this year I don't know what they're going to do. What I love about Midsummer Scream, they don't reveal everything until almost like the day of. And I was like, how come you didn't tell me? And they go, we always have to have something up our sleeve, don't we? Yeah. 
I mean, it's Halloween, right? And what is amazing about Midsummer Scream is you have young, old, older, like me, <laughs> all getting together, celebrating the same thing. And the, the, the haunt community, as I, as I look at it, is one of the most loving communities. We always talk about how loving communities on this podcast, how it's important to be around people that love and support you. Yeah. My biggest thing that I enjoyed last year, and this harkens back to my enjoying classic horror, and I didn't realize how much I, I really felt like, like I was stalking this person. Uh, I, that was a good word, stalking. <laughs> is I, I guess when I get on something that I really like, I guess I harp and harp and harp and harp about it. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're the little kid, dad, 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 yeah. dad, do those things. And I, I had recently purchased the classic Universal Monsters, mm -hmm. all six films, all on one DVD. Wow. And if I, if I could, I probably would have broken that DVD because <laughs> I kept watching it. And I focused on, hey, Bella Lugosi Jr. is going to be at Midsummer Screen. Oh, wow. I would like to get his autograph on the cover of the DVD. Yeah. And I did it, stood in front of him, and was just like a surreal moment. He's 85. I really don't want to. He's older than I am. Yeah. And you, I looked at him in the face, and it was just, I saw his father. Mm. And we had a such a nice conversation that he just... It's one of the things that you like when you when you meet somebody that you really have wanted to meet before. Yeah. Like making a connection. Yeah. So so I think that's what Midsummer Scream is. It's making connection with all the different types of horror and fantasy that all in one area. If you like the panels, you can go to that. If they they have what they call macabre theater, they have live theater. You could go to that, or you could spend all your time. I have a friend that all she does is buy. The jack-o'-lantern purses, jack-o'-lantern purses, mm -hmm. every year. She goes and does that. So it's the convention is designed, as I remember the executive director saying, that there's so much to do the entire weekend that you can't possibly get it all done. Right. And so you mentioned the six uh, horror of the, the – the, or the monsters. So we're talking what? Dracula, Frankenstein, werewolf. That's you, you named the first three. <laughs> I, I was like, have you seen, did, did I show you that? No, it, it's Dracula, uh -huh. Frankenstein, the werewolf, and you're going to laugh. The fourth one is the invisible man. Uh -huh. And my friend Justin is going to laugh at me because I still can't watch that one. <laughs> Why is that? Because Claude Rains oh. did such a good job as the invisible man. He freaks me out. <laughs> yeah. Then the fifth one is the bride of Frankenstein. Oh, that's right. And the sixth one is I have a unique connection to too is is Boris Karloff's The Mummy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So talk about now is Midsummer Scream open to the public? How can people get tickets? Where can they get tickets? You can go to MidsummerScream.org and historically it sells out. Mm -hmm. So last year I know I believe they sold out each day. And if I were to recommend anything, I would recommend that you get what they call the gold bat. Goldback gets you priority admission before the general public, and then you get priority seating at the main stage, all the different events that are going on. You get priority seating, and so it, it, it makes for a better experience. Okay. Because even if it's busy, then you get a lot of chance to do things. Yeah, so that's August 3rd and August 4th of this year, correct? Yes. Cool. So let's switch gears a little bit. 
um, you know, this podcast is about faith and creativity. And I want to dive deeper a little bit um, into the art of voice acting and perhaps how your faith plays a role in that, if any. And maybe you can talk about that, how your faith collides in a good way with your art in voice acting. Best way I can explain that is an experience that happened to me last year. And to go more into my personal life, I recently lost both my parents. Mm-hmm. My mom in 2015 and my dad in 2017. So within two years, I've had the I had the joy and the the honor to lead my mom to Christ before she passed away, so I could see with my own eyes mm-hmm. that faith works. Yeah. And they always told me to follow my passion. And so I started voiceover, I would say when I was younger, because I would I would always get that those people saying, You you have that radio voice. Yeah. You have that radio voice. And so I thought follow my coworkers' advice and I didn't want her to kick me kick her me to I didn't want her to kick me in her back the backside all the time. That's what she was gonna do. She goes, You need to go do this. Mm-hmm. So we we did that. And when I got inside, since you're a person that speaks in front of a microphone a lot, once you find your playground, oh yeah, I went into the studio, and if you've never been into a voiceover studio, it's it's kind of dark. Or recording studio, where there's like there's the microphone, there's the guy staring at you that, that hopefully you do things right, and they press the button and they, and they go, they give you this hand signal, and you're just like what do, like a deer in a headlights. <laughs> what do I do? They gave me a script. I went in there for. Uh, Audition to be in the class. Guy said, "Read this." So I read it. Little click came back in. Read this again. Read this again. Then he came in with another script, and they said, "I want to give you this." Mm-hmm. That I'm like, "How long is this audition?" And then, <laughs> and then, so he came in, said, "Let's talk." And he said, "I'd like to have you join our program." But then he looked at me in the eyes, and he said, "Where did you get those pipes?" And that's when it sent in to me that. That I had had a, a gift, yeah, a natural gift, and learning from pastors that I am under right now, you have to learn. You learn to explore your gift, mm-hmm. to to explore who you are. And last year at this time, I was still grieving my father badly, mm. and in the midst of grieving, you heard God's voice, and He said to me. How much do you trust me? Yeah. How many times have we heard God say that and you, you're almost afraid to go, a lot? <laughs> because he will push you yeah. into areas where you don't feel very confident. That's right. And this was August 21st. Now, also, you'll find out about, about me that I procrastinate <laughs> on certain things. Like most of us, right? Yes. <laughs> so in the midst of my grief... He says, how much do you trust me? And, of course, I thought about it and said, a lot. And I I had done a project for a friend of mine, independent film called You Ride, uh-huh. which is still in production. And I got a chance to do what they call the movie trailer for it, where I said four key words, your ride is here. 
Mm-hmm. And the Lord prompted me. He said, I want you to submit one project mm. to this awards program called the Voice Arts Awards, which were, are held every year at the Warner Brothers Studios. Now think about that logistically. If you were to take one stone and throw it into a pond, and then imagine somebody go say, go find that stone. Yeah. yeah. And my dad was a mathematician, so he would tell me all these mathematical things about why are you going to want to go gamble because or do this because you know the the very fact is, and then he's the one that goes and why are you doing it? He goes, it's fun. <laughs> well, you just told me not to go do it. Yeah. But, but the Lord said, how much do you trust me? Wow. On August 21st, and Joan Baker and Rut Rudy Gaskins, who now produced the show, know that about me, about the deadline was August 22nd. I'm calling my friend Jeff and go, I, I need you to get me a copy of, of this thing so I can submit it to the Voice Arts Award. Oh, when do you need it? Now. <laughs> and so we got it together, and I submitted it, and I didn't hear anything. Hmm. You just you just submit it. You like throw it in the, in the pond, and you hear that plop. Yep. Then in October, I was at a friend's concert, and my phone kept buzzing. And my friends kept saying, congratulations to the nominees for the 2018 Voice Arts Awards. And I hadn't checked my email. Hmm. Procrastinator. <laughs> See, And then I saw this email from Rudy Gaskins, and it said, notes to all nominees for the for the Voice Arts Awards. And my, I was like a little kid. I, go, I kept saying, oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And the, and the note said, Please let us know if you're going to be in the room for the nomination because if we call your name, it was all these like real notes because the Voice Arts Awards, and I love to say this word, is legit. They're Sovas, Sovas.org. Great organization. So what that allowed me to do was to go to this event. And you had mentioned before about how, how did I mix faith into it? Mm-hmm. That entire weekend I spent a lot of times in the hotel room praying and the the message that I kept getting from the Lord was tell my story. Yeah. So to people, to people, people, all levels, I just told God's story. Wow. And each time I told it, they said they got goosebumps. Wow. It ended up that I didn't win the award, but I got to go to, to Warner brothers. Yeah. Got to go meet great people like Bob Bergen, who does the voice of Porky Pig. Mm hmm. Uh, Dave Fenoy, who does the voice for World of Warcraft, all these people that are, are well involved. And I also got to meet a voiceover coach that I work with now called Robin, by the name of Robin Armstrong, mm-hmm. who's also a born-again believer. Talk about how things yeah. cross paths. Yeah. Now I'm studying under him for a long term about improving things. So you never know what God's purpose is purpose is for me is to use your gift right that's my story and i'm sticking to it <laughs> no so I, I think it's phenomenal in that so you waited like two months or so right after you submitted it and i'm sure you forgot about it i know i'm, I'm pretty sure it's in the back of your mind but i mean that's two months and then you get it and like you said like you described you were like this little kid and then now in although you didn't win but I mean, what an honor was it to be, you know, to be nominated and you're rubbing elbows with some of these elite folks in the voice acting world and sticking with the question of faith. Can you talk a little bit about how God, through these opportunities or even other examples you might have, 
how he, he's been able to use examples that might seem unspiritual, but use those examples in life to draw you closer to him. I can tell you one thing that, that seems unusual, but within the past year has drawn me so close to the Lord mm-hmm. personally was that now I have my house at home and our front room where I, where I was, was where my parents were when they were within the last years of their life. So a lot of the activity happened there with nurses and mm-hmm. hospital beds and things like that. So when we cleaned all that out, it was very emotional for me because my dad had an accident at home mm-hmm. and I was there within 15 feet of him when he had the accident. And to this day, I can still hear him fall. Wow. So there, there was a lot of things in that front room there that, that are just memories. Yeah. And I don't, don't know if your audience, they probably all go through this is that when you're living in the same house where you've lived, almost all your life your your memories are there yeah and what the lord challenged me to do was to make that front room a prayer room wow and okay and almost every day the lord and i contend yeah i love that word he wins but i but i but i but i contend that i win then he just and then i end up yeah, it's not a pretty sight. <laughs> One thing he he led me to was he led me to the scripture where Moses removed his shoes. All right, mm-hmm. you're on holy ground. Yeah, and he's there. He comes to me and he goes, "How much do you trust me?" Wow. I keep hearing those four four or five words all the time. How much do you trust me? How much do you trust like, me? Thanks, God. <laughs> but everything he goes, pray barefoot. Wow. Do you know how that's going to look, God? And he says, "What did I ask you to do?" Yeah. Don't you trust me? I started doing that, and it for me it 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 upped the ante in a way of communing with God. So it allowed me to. It, it's a state of being, right? Where you just you go after you get with God and pray with Him, and then He started answering things and i would i would cry for no reason and then i would cry so much that we, we have talked about this before where i think i said to you many times when we were talking before of god i, I can't say anything's in words so i'm gonna cry i'm gonna talk to you in my tears yeah there's so many times where i just so much grief is inside of me it felt like it was the god was plunging and it was like bring it up yeah. bring it up bring it up and now I tell my other friends, you know, pray without shoes. Now they go, what? <laughs> and I go, try it. Yeah. And it's just, I call it living on the edge. Yeah. But where the, the Lord go, try this, and then he meets you. So the same couch now where I slept for years helping with my dad, where I had all of those bad experiences where you'd, you'd wake up and, He'd need something, and so I was there. Now that's the couch that I pray on. Yeah, that's good. So in many ways, you can you can almost say that God is kind of like 
the guy in the sound booth and you're in, in front of the microphone and he's feeding you all these instructions and some good ones, some amazing ones. And you have this connection, right? I just imagine as a voiceover actor, you have this connection in some ways with the engineer behind the, 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 the window there. And in some ways, God, if you, you know, to use those terminology, God has been engineering, especially over the past couple of years and which I thank you for your, you know, your, your openness and vulnerability to talk, to talk about grieving. And I know it's a lot to take in. It's a lot. It's difficult for most people to talk about. And so, um, thank you for diving into the deep end of that. Um, that, that's how I am. I mean, I, I can't swim and I'm the, I'm a little kid that would jump in the deep end and then my dad would go, why are you doing that? Yeah. Because I, I want to learn to swim. Well, swim over here. Yeah. And I want to tell you another story that you, that you made me think of. And it has to do with Midsummer Scream in last year going through the grief. The first day of Midsummer Scream, that was the first convention of that type where I couldn't call my dad hmm. and say, I'm having a good time. And he would call during the day going, I'm, I'm pushing for you. And he would always tell me, step up to the microphone. Yeah. So good. That's what he would tell. Step up to the microphone. And Justin can attest to this. We prayed together before Midsummer Scream. The Lord to me says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And, and, and I, Sometimes I wondered how can I marry my faith with with doing all this because it's all dark and yeah. Again, the Lord said, "What did I tell you to do? Why did I give you a voice?" Yeah. Sometimes maybe events like that. There's maybe somebody that never would darken the door of a church. Mm-hmm. That's how my friend Justin and I met. Yeah. We we crossed paths that way. So giving a voice to something, and then right before the event. Even Justin said he felt this. If Justin also does announcing for the second stage, which is for Midsummer Scream, and I, I felt the same thing when the lights went down and I did <clears throat> the first announcement for Midsummer Scream. I could feel my dad. Mm, so powerful support. Wow. And you feel the peace when the lights go down because if you ever do live announcing, you jump off the diving board and you just pray you hit the water. <laughs> Yeah. And there, and there are, there are certain things I could tell you for certain stories where things go wrong or the, the scripts weren't written the wrong direction or you, you're given the script three seconds before you're supposed to do it. Yeah. And then I don't know how all these people have these long last names, but you, <laughs> how do you pronounce it? You're like, it's like a 52 syllable word and, and they look at you. You better not mess it up. <laughs> so, but that's where. I know that my parents are with me. Yeah, that's so good. Um, so maybe as we wrap things up here, you know, for those listening and, and you, we, we rested on grief, uh, toward that latter part of the show. Um, do you have any words of advice or wisdom to that person who's listening right now who's grieving a loss, grieving the loss of a parent, grieving the loss of a family member? Uh, you know, this past year, we've had a lot of mass sh- shootings, unfortunately. Uh, early on this year, there was the passing of Nipsey Hussle in South Central. I mean, there's just... And, and we can say this, that it's true, uh, for every year, but it just seems like this, these past few months has been very tragic in the sense we've lost a lot. Is there a word of advice that you can give to someone on how to deal with their grief and how to navigate through the pain that comes with mourning. Well, I can only tell you through my personal experience mm-hmm. of how I've learned to do it. A couple of things. You're going to get angry. Yeah. You're going to feel lonely. You're going to feel like nobody else in the world cares. 
But you, what you have to do, cry it out. Mm-hmm. Let it out. Yeah. My doctor told me at the very beginning, he said, if you don't let it out, I will know. Because the thing that most people want to do is they want to bottle it up. Uh-huh. They want to say, it's, it's not, it's not there. You, well, I, I hate to be the bearer of, of bad news, but it is there. And what I have to do is, there's a certain feeling that I get, a certain nervousness, and and now I know what it is. I, I have to grieve, mm-hmm. and I go into my house, and I get on my couch, and I get my stuffed animal. Yes, I have a stuffed animal. <laughs> Somebody mailed me a stuffed animal. There's a short story behind that. When I was in Boy Scouts and I was missing my parents, this is one of my Scoutmaster dads. I was up at camp. And he had a special bear, mm. stuffed bear, that he always gave to the person that was missing their parents. Yeah. He gave that to me when I was eight years old. At my dad's funeral, I saw him. And invariably, when I gave him a hug, I said, I want Boo Bear. <laughs> That's so good. In the mail, three days later, mm. came a Boo Bear. Wow. And I have used that so many times when I just want to scream at somebody, I take that bear and I and I scream at the bear. Mm-hmm. And I scream at God and, and believe it or not, he can take it. Oh, yeah. But when you grieve, it's, it's like a cycle. You got to get it out because after that grieving, believe it or not, there's a, there's a peace. Mm. And then you... You realize that it's okay, but if you don't get it out, you're going to cause yourself physical symptoms, and it and it's going to be a slippery slope. Yeah, that's so, what I've been learning. That's so good. Thank you so much, Kevin. Uh, before we let you go, we've been doing this uh, thing at the end of the show with all of our guests. Uh, we call lightning round. Uh, you down to play? I'm the turtle, and I'm going to win. All right, here we go. So I'm just going to ask you, or I'm just going to give you two choices, and then you just respond with whatever choice uh, that you want to choose. Just no no, no thought to it, just quick lightning, just quick at it, yeah? Where's the buzzer? <laughs> here we go. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Winter or summer? Summer. Past or present? Both. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. Rock or jazz? Rock. Freddy or Jason? Freddy. Pinhead or Chucky? Chucky. Aliens or Predator? Predator. Scooby-Doo or the Flintstones? Flintstones. Comedy or horror? Horror. Boom. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Lightning round. Thank you so much for playing, Kevin. And thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Really quickly, uh, can you tell us how we can find you on social media? If you have a social media presence, your website, how we can just follow you uh, and support your work in the community? Well, my website is um, unusual. It's hortonsvoice.com. You can also find me on IMDb uh, with Voice Arts Awards and also on Facebook at, believe it or not, Kevin Horton. (laughs) (laughs) That was not very imaginative, was it? (laughs) Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. That's Mr. Kevin Horton. Make sure you check him out um, at his website. 
um, and all of his stuff that he's doing in the community. If you are going to Midsummer Scream this summer, look out for him. And please, please make sure you rate and review this podcast. Again, head over to the Patreon page. Look under Derek Angoy, and you can specifically support this podcast and keep it running. Until next time, be the light, extend your hand in love, and make peace with someone this upcoming week. Stay blessed, and we'll catch you next time. Peace.